This episode is dedicated to my grandma, who sadly passed away last week. You were the most amazing, and I'll miss you greatly. Earth's Face Obscured by Paris Ruskash This is the AR Podcast. We stared at the stars so much that we missed the earth. Silence and remorse that we are isolated in the sky. And we don't imagine language beyond our star. Oh, if we knew that our share of the infinite galaxy and of the unbounded world is just a nest and our flight wouldn't reach the other side of the garden we would kiss the leaf and hug the moon tight I'm a doctor it's a profession that may be considered a special mission a devotion it calls for involvement respect and willingness to help all other people. Eva Kopac. At the time of delivery, yeah. uh, it is recommended uh, at the present time that uh, when a child uh, was delivered, uh, you take uh, him or her on the chest of the mother. With uh, heartbeat, like you know. No, uh, they should have skin to skin contact oh, at the time of delivery. It is wow. very, very amazing. I love babies and I enjoy to communicate them. Pediatrics medicine is not good as we look at it from an economical view. Because it does any procedures that leads to, to earn money. Hey folks, this is your host, Ali Ruskash. 
A very warm welcome to another episode of the Air Podcast. I hope everybody's doing well. During the past few weeks, I've received an enormous amount of love from you, and I simply cannot be happier. All I can say is for you to keep listening. Thank you. Doctors work tirelessly every day, so you and I could live an easier life. They're miracle workers. And my guest on the podcast is an angel. She's a pediatrician and a professor of one of the best universities in Iran. Please welcome... Ms. Sohela Shahshanipur. This is the AR Podcast. This was very interesting yeah. for me. Uh, and I think and, uh, if you go to the Um, Dr. Azadagan yeah. office yeah. Uh, he will be very glad to see you yes I I, I think I, the thing is I, I think I'll be very emotional <laughs> yeah, at the time that I'm yes. like you know, because uh, I, I remember his face yes. and the thing is for a child for a baby for a little kid going to doctors is something that they hate they don't like going to doctors they don't like the smell They don't like anything about basically like, you know, like a pediatrician, like a, yes. like an office, which is like, you know, it smells of like alcohol, maybe, maybe or something that reminds them of uh, injections and stuff. But for me, going to Masaz of the Gun was a was an experience. Every time I was going to go there, I was like, are we going to Masaz? Like it was it was it was something that I really wanted to do. And uh, I would go there and I would and see these little kids sitting around. They were playing games. I think for the time for like. Uh, 20 years ago, like 22, 23 years ago, this was uh, uh, something, I don't think we had a lot of it in, in Iran to treat kids like kids, basically. And I think he, Mr. Azadegan, is some, some, a person that I would, um, I would love to meet again just to, just to tell him that uh, you not only saved my life, but you changed my perspective towards yes. the, like, the, the entire like, you know, the uh, medical community. And, yeah. So, yeah, if, if he's listened to this, I, I don't really think he is, but if he's listened to this, uh, you are just one of the greatest things that's ever happened to me <laughs> in my life. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I have so many questions because you are the first uh, doctor that I've ever had on the podcast. So, I'm going to ask you so many questions. I'm just going to, like, you know, shoot questions at you. Um, something that has recently happened to me is that I have uh, lost my grandma. Yes. And... Uh, Whenever something like that happens, you start questioning everything. You start thinking about everything. And one of the things that I've been thinking of is, what is so mysterious about life and death? When a little baby is born, we all think of it as a very positive thing. And when somebody uh, like you know passes away, you think of it as such a negative thing. You're like, what are these? What is, what is this uh, conception, or maybe a misconception that we have, uh, that uh, we think of death as a very negative thing and being born or like having a, a little baby come into this life as a very positive thing? Uh, I think that the delivery of a baby is a good experience because uh, we have a new member of our family uh, and uh, see him, touch him. But that uh, is uh, mysterious for us that uh, we miss somebody. Uh, 
Yeah. And uh, we didn't know what happened for him or her. Yes. I think that uh, that is uh, a part of uh, natural living. Uh, something which is pretty interesting is that every time something um, unknown is uh, like, you know, presented to uh, like us humans, we almost always think of uh, like, you know, God and like, you know, what God must have planned for us. Uh, I, I remember something uh, uh, called the dark matter. Uh, astronomers uh, came up with this term, dark matter. They said, okay, there's something in, inside the universe that we cannot figure out what is, what it is. And uh, we, have to, um, we want to take pictures of it, but we, don't, we can't really understand, like, you know, because it's dark. We can't really understand yes. what's behind it. And everybody started asking questions. Is that God? Are we finding God? Because it's unknown to us yes. that we think, like, you know, it's God. It's right after that we can see God, definitely. So, and uh, when you ask a person what's going to happen to a person who dies, uh, everybody would say, oh, they're going to go to go to God. This is something that we all believe in. Yes. Because we have no idea what's going to happen after after our death. This is exactly true. Uh, we have some experiences in um, our daily living. Yes. Uh, when you were a child yeah. and uh, you go to school for first time, yeah. you didn't have any idea about it. It was worrying for you. Yeah. Some uh, other people have experiences about it and uh, tell you yes. uh, and uh, give some information to you. But uh, nobody comes uh, from other world that tells uh, <laughs> yes, her, her or his experiences about death. Yeah. And, and, this, is... and this thing has been such an unknown thing to us. That yes. Even a per- if a person comes up to me and says, oh, I've just come back from death. <laughs> yes. I've seen the other side and I want to talk to you about it. I was just going to be like, oh, no, thank you. <laughs> if you uh, talk to somebody who have experiences of syncope mm-hmm. or fainting, they say to us that uh, they have a good feeling. Mm-hmm. There was silence and uh, somebody see lights mm-hmm. uh, or uh, amazing sounds. I see. I talk to very people that have these uh, experiences and uh, nobody says that it was uh, fearful uh-huh. or so they, they, they didn't have any bad experiences about uh, fainting. And I think that uh, if uh, fainting uh, leads to coma and death, uh-huh. maybe they have like these experiences. I understand. Um, have you ever had or have you ever seen the, like a patient who was uh, in, a, in a coma? And then have come back and like, yes. have talked about it? Yes, uh, some of them tell me that they uh, hear the sounds. Yeah. And uh, they have bad feeling that uh, they can't react to the sounds. For example, uh, their family uh, were crying. Uh-huh. Uh, Which is a true thing. Like, it really yes. happened around yes, them? Yes, uh-huh. yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, because they can hear uh, their family sounds. Uh-huh. But boy can't respond yeah. to them. They have bad feeling. They must have been. To think, to think that, like, you know, hey, I'm okay. Like, you know, thinking, like, you know, hey, I'm okay. Like, don't cry or something. But you can't really say it. It's uh, like a prison. In medicine, uh, we tell the family of a patient that is coma that you can speak to him or her and tell about uh, your good experiences, good things. Wish them good things. They, they can hear you. Yeah. And encourage them to fight yes. with it. I think that when a person decided to die, yeah. there is hard 
into treating mm-hmm. him or her. Are you thinking that like it's a decision? No, that is not a decision. Yeah. But uh, when somebody likes to that, I think that uh, it is very, very difficult hard to, to change to, basically their mind. Yes. To, like, yeah. You've had experiences of um, watching a baby being born. And I think that's a, like the birth of a baby. That's, that must be something very magical. And yes. I just wanted to ask you a question. Like, like, have you ever had the experience of delivering a baby? Yes, I have many experiences. And what went when I was a medical student. Yeah. Uh, at first, I can uh, watch and see, but in a higher grade, uh, I delivered some baby. It was very amazing for me, especially in, uh, many years ago. There wasn't many devices uh, such as, uh, or method, such as sonography, then, uh-huh. that you, you can know that uh, what is the baby's gender, yeah. and uh, this was surprising for uh, mother yeah. uh, and uh, other member of the family, yes. that what is the baby, yeah. girl or a boy. Some things that uh, was hard for me that delivery a baby is very painful for mother. And uh, I think that the hardest part of this painful process is that we don't know how the, this pain would last. As my personal experience, I think that if I know that the pain lasts for five hours, I can save my energy. I understand. Is, is that like an average number of hours that like the delivery uh, would take? First the time that the mother's delivery, it may last longer. Really? Yes, but... Uh, We're talking the, about five hours of, or at least five hours of like, total pain. And even uh, 12 hours or 24 hours. That's something that I can never imagine. It is a uh, normal process. To have 24 hours can, of, like, that's, that's oh, yes. normal? So it's, it's an, uh, painful for the mother and it's uh, tire, very tiring for you, I, I suppose. Uh, not very uh, tireful for midwiveries or gynecologists. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or somebody that has the responsibility for delivering the child because uh, she uh, come examine the mother and go yeah uh, but when the active phase of the delivery begins it is very interesting you must be careful that save the baby and mother life when you hear the first cry of the baby is very interesting okay <laughs> wow for mother and everybody that it is present at the delivery room yeah um, i can only imagine that you need to know a lot about psychology as well like uh when you're delivering a baby you i think you must be talking to the mother constantly like to calm them down or something yes. or like you know give them because i'm i'm like i've, I've never had the, the experience or anything but uh, i'm pretty sure they must be under a lot of stress and at the same time a lot of pressure because everybody wants the baby to come out as soon as possible and uh, they, they have a lot of pain, so their minds are basically working in th- so many different directions. So I think, like, it, is, is that what you do? You talk to the... Uh... Yes, uh, we must talk to the mother, mm-hmm. and uh, we must calm her. Yeah. At the present time, uh, some hospitals uh, permit that father to the delivery room. Okay. This was is, very that... helpful for we mother. We didn't have this? We didn't have this before? No. Uh, is, we, that, is that against the religion because of that or was it something no we, uh, we didn't have uh, this for many years and uh, in many hospitals uh, we don't have uh, at the present time in the delivery room presence of father in the delivery room but this is something that I can't uh, well, why <laughs> like why is what is the reason I don't know uh, father can come in the delivery room 
and talk to her wife. Yes, I think this is very helpful. Oh, right? yes, very, very helpful. So why do we have it in some of the I, hospitals? I, I didn't know the exact reason for this. Okay, uh, there's, there's so many different methods of delivering a baby. And uh, like, of course, one of the methods is the natural way. And like, I've had, the, uh, I've seen these uh, little, little baths, like, you know, that they have a bath that, yes. they, that the mother would deliver the baby inside the... Inside yes, the. yes. So um, do you encourage any of those methods? Uh, like, yes, like, uh, I, I encourage the... any method that uh, leads to normal vaginal delivery. Mm-hmm. I understand. Like using that. So what you're saying is that natural way is the the correct best way and the best way yes. of doing it. Okay, but that that means more painful for the mom, right? Uh, at the delivery time, it is uh, painful, but uh, the cesarean section has uh, many problems for mothers. I understand. And uh, maybe that uh, at the delivery time she didn't have uh, many pains mm-hmm. because. Uh, of course, yeah. It's it's a surgery. But, uh, you don't really understand yes. what happens. Yeah. Uh, but uh, after uh, that, she has. Uh, Painful process. Uh-huh. Which in the natural way you don't really have? Yes. That? Okay. So, okay, fine. So the natural way would have painful, like, delivery, but then not a lot of pain after that, but then the cesarean section would have... Uh, after that, uh, some pain. Mm-hmm. And it is natural. But uh, because the cesarean section is a great surgery, mm-hmm. uh, it is obvious that the pain is more longer than... Normal vaginal delivery. I, I think that the um, delivery uh, is uh, like that's mysterious for mother uh-huh. and uh, wary mother, you know, prefer to deliver their baby in uh, cesarean section uh-huh. method because uh, they say that we go to sleep, then I wake up, I can see my baby, uh, which is understandable, like <laughs> from their yes. I think perspective. Um, during the process of delivering a baby, what are the um, dangers that would uh, like you know uh, that is right around the corner for the mom and for the there baby? Many problems that may take place in the delivery room. If uh, everything uh, doesn't go in right way, maybe mm-hmm. harmful for the child and mother. I see. Anything could go wrong. It is a stressful process for. Doctor, and with, uh, when it finished, everybody is happy. The, the only thing I can uh, think of, because I've never had the experience and I've never seen anybody basically uh, giving birth, but the only thing I can uh, think of, and it's, I think it's a very stupid thing to say, but the only thing I can think of is that when, when I like, you know, create something, um, it could be cooking, fine, and then I deliver the the meal to somebody, yes. and they eat it, and they are very happy. I think that, I'm not saying that it's, it is the same feeling, but I think it's the closest I can I can imagine, basically to yes. have. And when you deliver the baby, the the, the your feeling must be um, kind of very I think very close to the mom, mother's. Like you know, you've delivered the baby, but the, at the same time, the mom is basically. Like, you know, she doesn't... I have a question because you have two sons, right? So when you delivered your your uh, your kids, well, what was the feeling then? Like, as a mom, like, what was the feeling? I was very tired yeah. <laughs> and uh, energy-less. Yes. When I look at uh, the face of my baby, I was very happy. Yeah. And I get some energy. Yeah. Was it, was it again, the... Uh, uh, the crying of the baby that made you uh, yes. because uh, um, I wish uh, that uh, I uh, could uh, hug them. Yeah. They um, take uh, my baby, cover him, and uh, take him away. Yeah. But I wish uh, 
that I can hug him at the time of delivery. Yeah. Uh, it is recommended uh, at the present time that uh, when a child uh, was delivered, uh, you take uh, him or her on the chest of the mother. Uh-huh. Uh, With heartbeat, like you know. No, uh, they should have skin to skin contact oh, at the see. time of delivery. It is wow. very, very amazing. I think that goes back to our roots and everything. Like you know, as uh, like you know, people, we just I think I think we need the human touch, like so, something yes. like that, or like uh, I'm just thinking of it, like from a psychological point of view. Yeah, so many animals in the in, in the world, like I think they they have the same thing when they yes. deliver the baby. They just want the baby to be with them and like, you know, the entire time, maybe to have that touch, basically, to um, yes. basically tell them that, hey, I'm your mom, like, I'm here to protect you. Um, okay. Do you encourage uh, any exercise uh, for moms during the pregnancy? There are some uh, yoga exercises or walking, mm-hmm. and some special uh, exercises for mothers yeah. that prevent uh, low back pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, strengthen their muscles, make them ready for healthy delivery. Yeah. Um, how much uh, of a help are the husbands when it comes to like you know pregnancy and and like what are the things that they that husbands should know of when it comes to the pregnancy of their their wife? I think that the um, classes that. Uh, presented uh, to both father and mothers are very, very useful. Mm-hmm. Maternal feeling is uh, natural, but, uh, but uh, fathers must teach their role. And I think if they uh, participate in educational class in the pregnancy period, uh, they will be a better father mm-hmm. for their child. Uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm risking basically so many things right now to ask you this question. Uh, and to basically come up with this subject alone. Now, we live in a country that um, men think that they know everything. <laughs> yeah. yes. And uh, it's not like, you know, it's because I'm uh, a male, basically. So I understand like the the whole concept because it's just something that we all think of. Like we know everything. Like this is something that we all have. But um, when it comes to delivering, like, you know, when it comes to pregnancy, um do you think husbands are as helpful as they should be? No. Mm-hmm. Uh, many uh, moms think that uh, pregnancy is related to their wife. It's, it's She's her responsible. Fault. Yeah. Okay, it's, it's, it's uh, your duty. <laughs> yeah. And take, uh, take care of a child is the maternal, maternal duty. Uh, but I'm glad that in the recent years uh, this belief is changing. Is it like you can see husbands coming? Yes. Like they are understanding their own roles. I, I, I see many fathers that uh, get their baby to a doctor and uh, then go to the drugstore. Uh, many of them uh, say that uh, I take care of my baby in the illness period. Mm-hmm. This is interesting for me. But I see some fathers that uh, come uh, with uh, their wives and child to the office uh, and uh, when I ask a question uh, they translate it to the mother <laughs> and this, for example uh, I ask uh, what is her temperature to both of them yeah. but uh, the father asked the same question to mother so, yeah. and uh, when the mother responds to my question uh, the father tell it to me this is uh, interesting for me I understand 
that's uh, it's something that I think is is definitely changing. Yeah, for the good, hopefully in our country. Something which is not it's a common belief in um, in this country and m- maybe in many other countries. I have no idea. I'm talking about the con- our country because this is the country I know of. Um, the dads would say, and this is a common belief that we think the dad would um, have to work. Uh, you know, after a child is born and like after they have a child and uh, and the mom should take care of the baby. And these two, like these are two separate roles and, and the mom would have to um, stay at home. I, I know of so many of my friends that are going through the same thing. Um, I don't want to name names, but uh, like, you know, the, the, the wife would stay at home uh, taking care of the baby the whole time and she has to quit her job and she has to quit all the activities that maybe she wanted to do or she she had the plans of. Yes. And then the dad has to go to work. And this is the roles. And this is what they think of. Like, uh, maybe, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is changing for the good. But uh, I believe this is a misconception that everybody yes. believes in. Yes. Uh, so many people that uh, the mother uh, loses uh, her job after yeah. having a child. Yeah. And she, sometimes she prefers to stay at home and take care of her baby. Yeah. Uh, do you think this is because moms are more emotional? We accept it as a rule. Yeah. I think we accept it as a rule. I understand. Okay. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, well, these are my questions. Like, I'm asking you my questions because, uh, you see, I don't have a kid, but, uh, and uh, honestly speaking, I'm not like, you know, my, my wife and I, we're not really planning on having a kid right now because it just, we don't, think that having a kid would improve our lives, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I've talked to you before the podcast about the situation that I had. And when I was a little kid, um, something happened to me or something. I have no idea. Uh, and this is what my grandma told me. And it's a story that uh, when I was born two or three weeks after that, I started having these, we, we can't really call it a disease. It, it's, uh, it's a situation that I had that I couldn't really breathe properly after I, uh, like, you know, I had, uh, I, I would have some uh, food or something, I, I would, like, you know, milk, I wouldn't really, uh, like, you know, breathe properly. And uh, my parents would go to so many different pa- pediatricians to understand what, what the problem is. And Mestre um, al he saved my life by, like, you know, uh, like, you know, uh, telling my parents what, what they really should do. Um, but that's something that was really uncommon. Like, the, my, my parents would not know anything about this. What are the dangers that would affect a child? Uh, when after they're born, or what are the uh, dangers? Well, you know, right around the corner. And they should have the proper feeding position, uh, take care of the temperature of the environment, uh, and uh, respond to uh, the emotional signal of mm-hmm. the child. The child. By emotional signal, you mean? Um, the baby are different. Some of them are uh, easy baby. Some of them are difficult baby. Some yeah. have colic. Some cry many times. Uh-huh. Uh, what do you think about my disease? What do you think it was? <laughs> um, I uh, think that uh, you didn't have a serious disease. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you have reflux, gastroesophageal reflux, and uh, uh, maybe there was a small fistula mm-hmm. between your trachea or... And esophagus. You're talking uh, medical terms. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. I, I have no idea what you're talking about. But, yes. Yeah. Or maybe the muscle or structures in your larynx or pharynx may be weak. Uh, and this leads to uh, this uh, 
fulfilling for you or this situation. Uh, so you think it wasn't really that uh, big of a deal? Uh, no, I think that uh, there was uh, not as serious mm-hmm. or life-threatening. Is this the reason why I uh, tend to cough or like uh, clear my throat every now and then? At the present? Yeah. Uh, I think but uh, I think you may have a mild reflux uh-huh. and the content of your uh, stomach mm-hmm. comes uh, up and uh, it irritates your uh, larynx. Oh, I see. Is it treatable or is it something that I have to yes. do with? Oh, okay. Fine. So I think after the podcast, I should ask you so many other questions. <laughs> By medication. <laughs> Thank you. Um, what do you think about the education? When you're thinking about the uh, what we have, the, the education in Iran, do you think uh, uh, in terms of understanding the whole reproduction, basically, do you think the educational system of Iran is in a very good place? Uh, no. Uh, I think that is a red line. Yeah, sure. Uh, in our uh, culture. Mm-hmm. But I think that uh, if we can present some uh, information about reproductive system to our child in early high school, mm-hmm. it can be very useful. It can be very useful. At the same time, I'm thinking if uh, our schools are not providing this information, maybe our parents should be able to you know, talk to their uh, children about this. Yes, but uh, as uh, I said, it is uh, a red line. Yeah, sure. Shameful things yeah. that the parents fix to their child about this. Uh, I think uh, that we can help from teachers, mm-hmm. some social media. I think that the parents uh, should have control their information that uh, are presented to their child. You're right. And when uh, information is um, basically is locked in some sort of a cage and we can't really access the information, it's uh, when... Uh, As like you know, as kids, we would tend to uh, go on to uh, like you know asking questions from our friends, and yes. they would have uh, like maybe wrong information about so many oh, different yes. stuff. They can add, tell us uh, the information that we cannot like you know learn the wrong information, or uh, at the same time, in the with the uh, advancement of technology and internet. Uh, the information is right out there. Like, you know, you can't yes. really, like, if you don't tell your kid, your kid will probably go onto the internet to learn maybe the wrong uh, information or the right information. I don't think that the we present the information in the internet. Mm-hmm. We can um, prepare some films mm-hmm. or teasers or books and present them to our children. When I was in India, um, I was um, I went to school and in the first uh, grade that I went to was the ninth grade. I was in the ninth grade, and um, there uh, we had biology and inside like you know this subject we had uh, a chapter called reproduction. Now the thing is, after coming back to Iran and going to university, I realized that we don't really have this chapter that was taught to me back when I was in the ninth grade. We don't really have this chapter in our university yet. Like, we have uh, different classes that uh, talks about, like, you know, different ways of, like, you know, preventing, like, you know, pregnancy and stuff like that. But it's still not detailed. It just is such a, like, you know, it just touches the surface of the of the entire subject yes, a little yes. bit. Uh, at the university, um, there was some subject about family planning yes. in uh, several years ago. Uh, but uh, in the recent years, it is about uh, family knowledge or family science. 
Uh, I think this uh, subject will be more useful if present early high school mm -hmm. for both girls and boys. Before the mindset is set, yes. basically, like yes. before they have actually a, a mindset about yes. this. It is a health issue. Mm -hmm. What are the most uh, common misconceptions that uh, parents have of uh, pediatricians? Uh, one of the most uh, important misconceptions is that the parent thinks that the, the child should have any disease. This is uh, not true. I told the parent that uh, 8 to 12 times uh, getting in a uh, common cold is uh, natural for uh, every child. Uh, especially uh, at the first year that we go to the kindergarten. Mm -hmm. I see. Um, and there's many people or parents insist that uh, when uh, a child uh, getting common cold, uh, they should give him some antibiotics that stopped the disease at the first time of uh, using uh, the drug. Yeah. This is a wrong belief. Mm -hmm. that I um, speak to them at times. Uh, some of them ask, this disease, how long lasts? Yeah. Uh, two how, years, how three know? years. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I tell them that many different viruses can lead to diseases uh, that we commonly say to it, common cold. Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, each of them have uh, its uh, special courses. I understand. I think this is a misconception that we all have uh, from doctors in general. Like when I go to the doctor and I say, hey, I have cold. I basically, I, this is what I uh, have in mind. That when, when I go inside the uh, doctor's office, the, the, the doctor will give me some sort of an antibiotic or an injection. Will just eradicate my disease right there. Like you know, I'm just I'm waiting for it. I'm like, hey, it's been two days. They and like, come on, like you gotta wait for for a little bit, because um, I don't know a lot about biology, but uh, the little information that I have is that um, the body would update itself every now and then. So if you're having a lot of like antibiotics, like the body will like have the uh, the strength to fight back next time. Like you know, at the, like when you have a, a new disease then you have antibiotics and it doesn't really work on you because you've had it before and yes. like, you know, now the disease kind of knows how your body works. Yes. Uh, most of the, the parents that insist uh, to prescribing for them uh, different antibiotics didn't use it correctly. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, when the first sign of the disease will uh, de decrease, they stop using the antibiotics. Um, but uh, when I prescribe uh, the antibiotic for a special situation, such as the bacterial sinusitis. Uh, I uh, repeat uh, several times to the mother that you should use it, uh, for example, for several days. For example, two weeks, ten days. Yeah. Uh, and I tell them that uh, if the uh, sign and symptoms of the disease uh, decrease, don't stop using Antibiotics. Until the but for other the medicines such as uh, analgesic, uh, I tell them that uh, when your sign is prominent, mm -hmm. you can use it. Okay. And uh, when it's dangerous, you can stop using it. Uh, there's a trend uh, in Iran, and uh, there's, um, or maybe uh, again, other countries, but I have no idea anything about the, you know, other countries when it comes to this. Uh, I believe that some of the trust is uh, vanished between the, the patients and the doctors a little bit. And I'm thinking when uh, I go to the doctor um, and I like the doctor looks at me and says, this is the disease you have and these are the medicine that you should take, 
I don't trust that person 100%. I would say maybe I need to ask my friend who's a doctor and I have to talk talk about the yes. medicines that he's given me. My dad had this, um, uh, he had a herniated disc. So he would go to this doctor and the doctor who was a specialist, of course, he would say, uh, you need to have a, a surgery right away. Fine. And then the like he he told he looked at me and I was like oh, so come on let's do it you should have a surgery he's like okay wait we have to go to the next doctor that I know of and he might yes. have it so funny enough he went to the next doctor and the doctor said no you don't have to have a surgery you can like you know you can have physiotherapy and everything will go away and he did physiotherapy and everything did actually go away so why do we have this why is it that we um, the doctors out there um, are misusing kind of our trust a little bit and this is why we have the trend in Iran that people don't really 100% trust the, the doctors trust to a doctor is uh, half of the treatment plan yeah uh, but in medicine we uh, didn't have a exact uh, rule for treating uh, illness mm-hmm. both of the doctors uh, may say in right way yeah uh, But when you trust to a doctor, you accept his plan. Yeah. For treating a disease, maybe the, there were different ways. Uh-huh. Uh, you choose as a doctor one way, and I choose another way. I understand. So it's not like, you know, there's no right or wrong way. It's just different methods. Yes. I understand. Yes. Uh, in um, most of the time. But uh, we have uh, misdiagnosis. Mm-hmm. Overdiagnosis, underdiagnosis in medicine. Um, and there's something else that I really wanted to ask you because you're a doctor. There's a myth, basically. I'm not saying this is actually true. It's a myth. I have no idea if it's true or not. Um, they, would, they would say doctors have um, these little contracts with the pharmacies, basically. And uh, like, you know, when somebody comes in for, for like a common cold or something, they would prescribe the, the medicine that the pharmacy has asked them to sell, basically. And uh, is, is this an actual yes, thing that has happened? Yes. So it's not a myth then. Uh, <laughs> I didn't uh, do this anytime. I, and uh, I'm sure that uh, I will not do this in the future. Yeah. But uh, it happens for me that uh, the pharmacy... Uh, tells me that uh, these drugs has a l- low time to uh, expire date yeah. <laughs> and please prescribe it. But uh, when it is not necessary, I never prescribe it. I understand. So it's true. Unfortunately, the <laughs> uh, economical situation in Iran has a bad uh, effect in your relationship. Definitely. Yes, definitely. Uh, do you think um, Iranian medicine is as effective as, uh, like, you know, Medicines from other countries. Uh, again, yes. so, again, a misconception is when you go to a pharmacy, you say, uh, do you have this sort of a, like antibiotic, for example? And the, the, the person would say, do you want the Iranian version of it? Or do you want the, like, you know, they, they would ask you the question. And for me, when that question is asked, I almost immediately say, okay, the Iranian one, I think is pretty bad. This is why he's asking me this question. And I, I should go for the foreign one. Some um, company... Uh, that uh, produce drugs mm-hmm. uh, are very good uh-huh. and uh, many situation Iranian drugs are effective uh, but it depends the uh, belief of your doctor yeah. uh, if I as uh, a doctor believe that uh, foreign drugs are uh, more effective uh, I teach it to our my patients I understand 
uh, and uh, sometimes uh, it is a reality that uh, foreign drugs uh, acts better mm-hmm. than Iranian. Um, why did you go into this field? Why did you become a pediatrician? Um, I love babies and I enjoy to communicate them. Pediatric medicine uh, is not good as we look at it uh, from an uh, economical view. Uh, because it, uh, there's any procedures that uh, leads to, to earn money. But I think that uh, if I come back, my love, and uh, I want to choose uh, a field for studying as a specialist, uh, I choose pediatrics really? okay. again. Yeah, that says a lot. Yeah, because I, I know a lot of people that... If you ask them right now, would you would you change? They would say yes. I would definitely change my field if I go back. So you you have no regrets. You think this is the... if I uh, want to, to respond to my um, priority or enjoyable work, I choose pediatrics medicine again. But uh, if I want to earn money, maybe I choose another. Would you would you uh, suggest people like if if they're Uh, if they're like looking forward to becoming a doctor and uh, they don't really know which like you know field they want they really want to do uh, as a job i think that uh, you should uh, choose uh, that job that you like it mm-hmm. because it is your life i believe it uh, i think that you you should like your job I understand and you believe that you love your job yes Uh, fine. Uh, the uh, last question that I have of you is that: uh, Do you have any suggestions for parents um, dealing with pregnancy and, uh, like you know, people who are planning to have a baby? Uh, do you have any suggestions for them? Like uh, something that you think is not um, available to them, and you know, based on our educational system and everything. Do you think there's something that you can uh, tell them? In, from basically this platform? I think that in our country, um, having a child is a duty for uh, a couple. Yeah. I think that uh, when uh, a couple planned for having a baby, they should uh, receive uh, many information. If uh, they want to be a good parent, uh, they make uh, them ready mm-hmm. for this job. This is a job. Parenting is a job, uh, but uh, not in uh, our country. But I think that um, it may be true for other countries that uh, uh, you uh, go to school and then sometimes to university and uh, then marry with somebody and uh, then uh, you should uh, have baby mm-hmm. as a duty. Uh, but I think uh, as a any situation you should have some information uh, and uh, make uh, yourself ready for this duty I understand and uh, something that we have in our country is that um, parents and some of the family members they will push you into having babies yes yeah like every time you meet them they're like oh my god when is the baby coming like well come on wait yes <laughs> Yes, uh, I saw many mothers or fathers that uh, didn't know anything about uh, a baby. Yeah. And this is uh, very bad. It is. It is horrible. 
because again, uh, in this society, in, in the situation of our country, with, with all these financial problems and everything that we have, maybe, you know, having a baby is not even a very good, like, you know, idea to have. But then people push you into doing stuff. It's the exact same thing. We have, this is a cultural problem, basically, that when you're not married, uh, It's the question that everybody, hey, yes. when are you getting married? Like, it's my... Yes, it like, is your duty. Exactly. It's my duty to have, uh, like, you know, have a wife. And then it's my duty to have a baby. And it's... This is um, basically how uh, maybe in the past they would value your life based on these stuff. They would say, um, yeah, he's he's had a very good life because he's had a wife and he's had two children and he's seen his, uh, you know, children, like, you know, he's like different generations. Like, come on. Like, you know, this is not and how you, you have a baby, They ask uh, when the second baby comes. It never stops. Like, yes. it, it, when you have the third baby, they would say, oh, is there a fourth baby coming? Like, it just, it's something that, it's just a misconception. And I think it's a cultural problem that we have. Yes. Yeah. So... Uh, thank you so much. Thank you so very much for your time. It's it was a it was an honor to sit down and talk to you, uh, because I owe my life to a pediatrician. So I respect all the pediatricians in the world because of that. <laughs> so uh, thank you so much for your time. Is there anybody you like to challenge, and you, know, you want them to have the, the same experience that you've had to be in the podcast and uh, maybe talk about anything? But it could be from any subject, basically. So, do you want to challenge anybody? Psychologist. A psychologist. Okay, fine. Do you Psychiatrist. Have... Okay, that's. Oh my God! If that Because happens, the, I have so many um, questions. Psychiatric disease is uh, the rate of psychiatric disease in our country is very high, uh -huh. and uh, we uh, considered it a taboo, uh -huh. and uh, we didn't like to go to a psychiatrist or psychologist. Mm. We think that uh, how other people uh, will think about us uh, if yeah. we go to a Thank you so much. It's a, it was a pleasure, and uh, I hope to um, see you soon again. And maybe, like yeah, I, I always say this to all my guests on the podcast, I would love to have a second episode, basically, <laughs> to because every time an episode come, goes out, uh, like yeah, the um, my the audience and like the my followers will ask me so many different questions. Why didn't you ask this question? Why didn't you ask that question? So if that happened. Uh, it I'm would be an here. honor to yes to sit down and talk to you again thank you so much thank you for your time thank you so much for listening see you next time thank you for tuning in 